bruised and battered I couldn't tell what I felt I was unrecognizable to myself I saw my reflection in a window and didn't know my own face Oh brother, gonna leave me wasting away on the streets of Philadelphia Good day, good night, and welcome to Off the Woodworks. I'm Kevin Laramé, your host, and it's a big Saturday of football upon us tomorrow. It all starts at 2.45 p.m. at Wembley for the Champions League final. So we're going to talk about that today on Off the Woodworks. And then Montreal Impact versus the Philadelphia Union. We're going to talk about that mainly with a guest today. I have Mr. Earl Reed from United States of Football Podcast and former host of MLS Talk podcast, which one of us, one of my favorite shows about the MLS. Great, it was a great show. But you can listen to Earl Reed with host of United States of Football Soccer podcast. It's a great podcast, so listen to this United States of Football Soccer, whatever you know what I mean. United States of Football, and it's F U T B O L. Anyways, so a little bit later we'll have that interview I did with Mr. Earl Reed. We'll have a preview of the Champions League final. It's tomorrow, like I said. Big day in the world of football and so many good games in the MLS as well. So that's what we'll cover today on Off the Woodworks. <laughs> but first, it all starts. It all starts now. But for from our point of view, the most important game tomorrow is the Impact versus the Union. The return of Alessandro Nesta. Possibly will start tomorrow. But one comes back, one has to go. Mr. Maxim Tissot. Has a broken toe. Gone for two to three weeks. That's what we're told this week. So it's a shame. He was getting on he was getting on form. He was actually in a good form. He was getting a lot better. It was impressive the amount of progress his play had in the last couple of weeks. Too bad he's gonna take a step back, no pun intended, with a broken toe. <laughs> and yeah, so two to three weeks without him. But Nesta is back. Devayo's on fire, but he faces the only guy in the MLS who has more league goals than him. Mr. Happy Jack, Jack McInerney, who leads the league with eight goals. Marco Devayo has six, but we all know that he has eight in the season as well because he scored twice against Toronto. But yeah, so the two best strikers this season in the MLS are going to face off at the Saputo tomorrow. <laughs> and to talk about that game, I have Mr. Earl Reed. And after the interview, we'll talk Champions League. Faithless kiss, or will we leave each other alone like this on the streets of Philadelphia? Welcome back to Off the Woodworks. I want to wel welcome Earl Reed to the show, former host of MLS Talk. How you doing, Earl? I'm doing pretty well down here in Delaware. How are you doing? I'm very good. First of all, I want to say thank you for all those great episodes of MLS Talk. I was a fan. I was listening to every single show. Still trying to get my – still grieving here. I, oh. Thank you for those episodes. Well, thanks for the, the compliments and uh... – uh, you're welcome. Uh, we actually have a new podcast that we just started up recently uh, called The United States of Football, F-U-T-B-O-L. So uh, 
uh, I'll uh, be pushing that on Twitter and uh, everywhere. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that ends up uh, replacing MLS talk to an extent. I'm not sure anything can adequately replace that, but uh, we're going to give it at least a try. So uh, yeah, there you go. We will look for that. So this Saturday, May 25th at the Sabuto, Montreal received Philadelphia Union. What are your first thoughts on that game to start? Well, I mean, Montreal has been one of the, you know, bright spots of this, uh, season as far as the Eastern Conference goes. Uh, New York obviously has played a couple more matches and is now leading the conference, but Montreal is, uh, still doing very well compared to, uh, you know, I, I think what, I mean, I think expectations were that Montreal would rise the table a little bit. And I, I look at the standings and they're in fourth. Now they played, uh, the fewest, tied for the fewest in the, uh, in the East. So that's, uh, you know they're they're doing well, and you know it's going to be a tough ask for Philadelphia to go up there and get points. So, uh, you know, one of the things that's really been hurting uh, Philadelphia a little bit lately is uh, fixture congestion. Uh, congestion, mm-hmm. excuse me. So uh, that's and with the U.S. Open Cup, uh, you know, I guess you guys don't have to worry about that, but you've had the Canadian Championship. But <laughs> yeah, we've, we we're not even going to compare both tournaments. Yeah, <laughs> orange apple and oranges. Your tournament is so. There's so much history, and I love the U.S. Open Cup. It's one of my favorite tournaments in the whole football world, just last season, and those type of teams. Yeah, well, and that's what we need to see the Canadian Championship get to as well. I can't wait until uh, the sport's grown enough in Canada to where it can have that kind of a history and, uh, uh, you know, widespread participation within the competition. So, But as far as this match goes with, with Montreal, you know, the the big stories uh, for the season for the Union have been, uh, obviously, Jack McInerney has had a mm-hmm. a really great start. Uh, eight goals, he's leading the league. Uh, you know, if he can keep that going, uh, you know, F- Philadelphia fans think he probably ought to be called in to the national team for the Gold Cup. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But, again, if that happens, that's time away from the Union during a, a difficult part of the schedule. But, you know... Can you know how is Montreal going to do coping with that? How are, how is Philadelphia going to do coping with uh, you know Marco Devayo, uh, Felipe, uh, you know Felipe, and uh, some of the other attacking weapons that Montreal has, especially on the counterattack. Yeah. Well, Philadelphia is a pretty much a hot and cold team this year, mm. getting good result and then losing one, getting a good result and. Last week was a busy week, and this week, next week's going to be another busy week with Philadelphia with the U.S. Open Cup. So, what are your, what's the key to beating Philadelphia on Saturday? The key for to beating Philadelphia, I think, is to control the midfield. Uh, they haven't been. It seems like most of the matches where they struggle most is where their midfield kind of gets lost in in the pressure, you know, and and I think. You know, with Patrice Bernier, Montreal has a, a really solid uh, midfielder there who can provide some bite and be able to uh, create problems for the Philadelphia midfield. Um, obviously, Felipe is a is a playmaker. I, you know, I, I think for uh, you know Mon- for Montreal standpoint, if you can uh, you know frustrate players like you know Jose Cleberson, who I think will probably start again. Uh, or possibly Keon Daniel if he starts in that midfield. And if you can, uh, get, get up to, uh, you know, Brian Carroll and, and be able to play around him, uh, he, he's been playing a lot, much better in the last week or so since this slight 
tactical switch, we'll say, from a guy like Keon Daniel, who isn't as much of a creative player, to Cleberson, who was more creative, and that left Carroll more... Uh, yeah, you know, Brian Carroll is a, is a defensive midfielder who can hold his own back there. So if Montreal can, can hit on the counter a little bit, can avoid those, uh, you know, um, you know, good tackles that Brian Carroll can, uh, provide and get behind the back line, which, uh, you know, you're going to have Jeff Park coming back off of an injury, probably. And Amobi Kugo has been, has been pretty good this year, but I think that that, that is a place where they could be exploited is if they're playing a little bit too high and we know DeVaio likes to make those runs behind the defense. So I think that's probably where the attack can come and where, uh, you know, Philadelphia could be hit for a goal or two. Oh, good. So, and from Philly's point of view, what do you think it's their key to beat Montreal on Saturday? Uh, you know, be, be efficient with their chances. They, they seem to not get as many as, a lot of fans would like to see. I think with Cleberson there, you might see more, uh, more solid chances, more balls through towards um, McInerney. And, and I, I really think just having a, a strong defense, defensive presence, seeing Jeff Park back in the side and whoever pairs with him, I guess it's going to be probably Amobi Akugo again. Uh, just being able to cope with, like I said, the runs of Montreal that I think, uh, can trouble a lot of teams sometimes. And, and, uh, you know, making sure that you play with, with enough width because uh, a lot of times mm-hmm. Philadelphia gets a little too compressed in their attack and it can be easy for teams, like I said, sort of clog up the midfield and, and make things a little bit uh, jumbled in there. You know, you get Danny Cruz wide, you get uh, Michael Farfan wide and making those runs and crossing balls in. And if a guy like Connor Casey starts, he could provide some, uh, you know, aerial ability to be able to uh, – you know, head some balls in and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully that's what Philadelphia can do to, but you know, Montreal's defense is no slouch either. So, you know, they, they have some players who can, can cope with that. So we're still, yeah. uh, it should be an entertaining match for sure. Yeah. We're still waiting on words to see if Ness is going to make a comeback this Saturday. Mm. It's still uh, up, up for grabs. He practiced, but not a hundred percent. So we'll see this Saturday if Nessa makes it on the starting 11. Yeah. I mean, that's disappointing that, but I mean, he's a, He's an older, older fella and, you know, he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna have his knocks throughout the year and I guess you just have to accept that when you, uh, take on a player. But, you know, like that, but when he is healthy, he's obviously one of the best in, in the league. Oh, for sure. It's top class, we could say. Mm. Both team have a really great striker and really, really great goalkeeper. Who do you think is gonna come out on top? McInerney, DeVaio, or, uh, Perkins versus McMath? That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> um, again, that's tough. I think I think McInerney probably is in a little bit better form than Devayo, but uh, you know they're both right up there near the top. So uh, you know Devayo's on six, McInerney's on eight. I give a slight edge to McInerney, but uh, you know, and I think part of the reason for me is like like I said, I think Montreal is a is a counterattacking team, and when you're playing at home. That counterattack isn't quite as effective. You know, you want to you want to play to win and get those three points at home. So sure. we, we've I, seen that last week with the Canadian Championship, the first leg in the final. The game was so boring. We were it was up to us to actually create the play in the midfield, and we couldn't. It was a zero zero boring game. It was a stalemate, anyways. So yeah, I, I know what you mean. We actually have trouble when we have to dictate the pace of the play. 
Right. So that's where I'm, I'm wondering if the, it might open up a little bit more for McInerney than for DeVio, but, you know, we'll have to see. Cause it could, like you said, it could be both teams waiting for the other team to, yeah. <laughs> to get the ball, uh, like, you know, try to, it. yeah, try to make a move and, and exploit the space left. So, uh, and as far as the, the goalkeepers go, uh, I, I still like Perkins. I think he's more established. He's been around longer. McMath is still learning. He has some really great games and he has one or two that, where he just makes some, some startling moves, uh, some startling uh, decisions. Uh, I'm trying to recall. I think it might in the Galaxy match he even, uh, had a, had entered the goal and he, he got a save on a shot, but he was actually inside the goal when it <laughs> hit his hands. And so it was, you know, a goal anyway. He had no chance of stopping it. So, I mean, there's just, there's just little things that he does that are, uh, you know, he's working that out. He, he's still young, but I, I would give the edge to Perkins there and maybe the edge to McInerney as far as the two strikers go. All right. Anyways, I believe that Jack, uh, Zach and Matt got a very bright future, even with the U.S. men's national team. It could be, yeah. I mean, you know, it looks like right now Bill Hamid and Sean Johnson are considered to be the, and maybe even now Tally Hall is sneaking into that possibly, yeah. that discussion. But uh, McMath is, has been in the youth teams, and it just remains to be seen. He's so young. Uh, he's like, what, he's 20 now? He's been playing in the league for two years already? Yeah, he's uh, he's still pretty young there. I Yeah, it's... uh. I, I don't recall exactly his exact age right now. He, he did go to Maryland for a year or two, okay. but but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he has a chance there. It's just right now there are some other guys that are uh, you know much more established. He's 21 actually. I just looked that up. So so yeah, I mean he has time, and as we know, goalkeepers tend to uh, you know age well. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens as he. Uh, progresses and gets more confidence, you know, and, and learns more about how to manage the game and how to organize the defense, things like that, which are very important when you're talking a national team setup where you don't get a lot of chances to really uh, gel as a squad. You know, you just get those little opportunities uh, for maybe uh, three or four or five days before uh, things like qualifiers come up. Yeah, I can't let you go without asking you this question. It came out yesterday that New York City football club will be the 20th team in the MLS in 2015. Any thought about that? Oh boy. <laughs> That's a, you know, I think it is a very good opportunity for the league to enter a market that is underrepresented by New York Red Bull. Mm-hmm. The question is whether or not they are approaching it from the right fashion. I've written some articles over the last few weeks, which I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure they have. You've seen, for instance, Montreal, they spent time playing in a lower league. Yeah. Philadelphia had a supporters group established that was ready to welcome, uh, the new team, even, even when it was announced that that was the expansion yeah. team that was going to be entering the league. You know, and then you've got, you know, Portland, Vancouver, yeah. Seattle. I mean, all those teams are, you know, it's well documented their history. So, you know, with this New York City FC team, you don't have that right now. They haven't played in another league. They don't have a supporters base, and and they don't have a stadium right now. I assume it's going to be Yankee Stadium, probably at, at least for the interim. That's just wrong. That's just wrong. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, when you've dictated to other teams that they need to have, um, you know, they need to have soccer specific stadiums, and then you're kind of, but you know, that's what the league's going for. They they want, and like I said, that is a market 
that if they can sell it right, it's wide open and there, there's a lot of popularity to be earned there if they can do it right. They just, I think the stadium is an important thing and they've really got to get something soccer specific laid out within the next year or so, uh, you know, as far as plans and finalized and funding set and all that stuff. So, uh, exciting times, but also some real questions I think need to be answered. Um, especially with, especially with another, uh, you know, uh, secondary branding club out on the West Coast that's really failing right now, which is Chivas USA. <laughs> so, um, lots of, lots of stuff on the league level to talk about. So. That's what I heard today. I heard like comments, people saying, what's going to happen to teams like Colorado or teams bottom of the table, which in a couple of years, they won't have any shot whatsoever to actually win the table because it's going to be up to three, four leagues, just like the EPL. 214. Mm. Yeah, it's it's going to be a uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the salary cap and all those things if it uh if everything remains the same once uh New York City FC comes in or if uh there are some drastic changes which uh you know, we'll say change the way that uh you know, the parity especially exactly. in in the league which exists right now and That's the only, uh, that's the only thing I'm afraid of is that the salary cap's going to disappear to make way to the big clubs with big money like Manchester City in the league. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's a, a blessing and a curse, too. Mm-hmm. I, I think you look at the EPL, you look at La Liga. I mean, these are popular leagues. Now, granted, they're also very technically proficient leagues in some cases, but, uh, you know, these are dominated by two, three, four teams. So it's not necessarily, a, you know, a, a shot, you know, or a, a you know, a death knell or anything if you're if you end up being this two team you know duopoly let's say which dominates a league but if you look at a place like uh you know the Bundesliga where you see a little more parity there and and now they're reaping the benefits of that with two teams in the Champions League so yeah you you're very very uh you know this is almost a philosophical <laughs> discussion and you could take it in many different directions and we'll see we'll see where MLS goes you know that's uh, the, the CBA comes up, I think, in tw- yeah. at the end of 2014 and TV deals and all that stuff. It could be, could get really, uh, interesting. Because yeah. <laughs> this time they actually have bargaining, the, the bargaining is on their side with the Yes Network and everything for the TV deal. So that'll be mm-hmm. very interesting. Yes. Any prediction for the game on Saturday? Um, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. I think, uh, you know, I think Philadelphia get a point out of it. I think it's going to be one of these, uh, you know, measured games where they don't really, you know, they want each other out. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to commit too much. And you might see a couple of set-piece goals just yes. because, uh, you know, that seems to be the way this league goes. So, <laughs> But, you know, I just think both teams are going to take a, a cautious approach. Uh, you know, Philadelphia just because they're the road team in Montreal because that's the way they play best is mm-hmm. sort of, waiting for the other team to take it to them. So hopefully it's it's better than that. I, I'd love to see one of the teams take three points, uh, the Union preferably, but uh, we'll see what happens. All right, you can listen to Earl Reed and the U.S. Football Podcast, a football, F-U-T-B-O-L. You can look for this on iTunes, I guess, eventually? Uh, we are on iTunes, uh, and I also write for Soccer News Day uh, about the union, and I also write for a couple other places. Just uh, my my Twitter is uh, Earl underscore of underscore Reed. If you want to f- look at me there, I can 
I usually try to uh, promote myself <laughs> probably too much. So yeah, I think that's all... the bane of our existence: getting a couple yes. new followers and losing the exact same amount at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much, Earl. Have a great game on Saturday. I don't know about you, but that song get my blood pumping, gives me goosebump, and it gets me in the mood for some football, because tomorrow afternoon, 2.45, live from Wembley, it is the Champions League final, the day of all day, for the biggest club, well, I was going to say in Europe, but really... For the biggest club in Germany this year. Because <laughs> we have Borussia Dortmund with, without Mario Goetze, who's injured. I believe they just don't want him to win it before transferring to Bergen. Because it would be a shame for him to win the Champions League and then transfer to the team anyways. Or to lose the Champions League on like a mistake of his part. So, yes, so Mario Goetze is not going to be playing... And they're going to face Bayern Munich, one of the two biggest rivals in Germany. Bayern Munich has all the money and all the power. It's a very big club against Borussia Dortmund. Hipster central, you could say. It's the club that every single man that wears a scarf and has glasses, black glasses, big black plastic glasses, like... Or any play, any fan who actually likes good football. Because when you watch that team, which is an actual team, nobody in that team is more important than the actual team. And that's what I like about Jurgen Klopp's, Jurgen Klopp's job with that team is the actual team unity. The team fire and passion and all the passion that the fans... You should see the TIFO, by the way. Just take a second... Put on your little Google little thing on your computer. Put Borussia Dortmund TIFO and supporters. You'll see one of the nicest shows you've seen from supporters. That and Galatasaray. Galatasaray has amazing, amazing TIFOs as well. But one of the nicest I've ever seen was this year. It was Borussia Dortmund. And it was some random dude with a Borussia Dortmund hat with... Binoculars, looking, and looking through his binoculars, and you see lower down the stadium, the image of the binoculars view, with the Champions Cup in sight. And guess what? That's where they at. Two forty-five from Wembley, Dortmund and Munich. It'll be. I I don't know what to expect from that game. It's either going to be really open, or I have a feeling it's going to be a very defensive game. If Robin Robin can make sure Lewandowski doesn't score when he's supposed to be offside this time around, like it happened earlier this year, we might have a good game. But it, it's all going to depend. It's either going to be the Lewandowski show again, maybe another four goals performance, who knows? Or it's going to be the Ribéry, Robin, and Gomez show.
two options. Because Gotze is not playing for Durban, like I was saying. So, that's it. I still haven't made my decision on who I'm going to cheer for. Both teams, I don't really, it's not that I don't care about them. I like watching both of them. Great football, great quality of play, great team chemistry on both sides, more on Dortmund. Great passing from Dortmund's side, great building of play in the midfield, trying to get their attackers free up there, especially Lewandowski with Dortmund. You know what? You probably figured it out right now. I figured it out. Dortmund. I'm going to cheer for Dortmund. My mind's telling me Bayern with all the stars. And, and they've missed. It's our third time in four years, I believe. They're in the final. And they lost every single one of them. So is this, this their year this year? Will the 2013 at Wembley... You know why it's in Wembley, right? It's to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the FA Cup. Not the FA Cup, but the actual FA. The Football Association. That's why it's in Wembley. Even though it was in England a couple years ago at 09. It is back at Wembley for the anniversary of the, a, of the FA. And two German team made it there. And Dortmund is going to try their best. But I'm going to listen to my mind today and my mind saying a 3-1 for Munich. So it's going to be a game 3-1 for Munich. It's too bad. That is too bad because I would love to see Dortmund pull it off with their... like Because we all know they're big rivals. And we know that Munich has the money. And what Munich always does is when a team is getting close to challenging them, like Schalke did, like Wolfsburg did, like Bremen did, like Dortmund just did last year, and they won the league. La they won the Bundesliga last year, and this year it's finished second, though. Not even the, but this year they didn't win the league. Durham Munich won the league, but like Munich always do, like I was gonna say. Ever since they, when they have a challenger, they buy their best player, and then they become even stronger. So it's like every single team in the Bundesliga is a farm team for Munich. So that's why I want Borussia Dortmund to win. To give to a little slap in the face. Slap in the face. It's a little slap in the face. And God say it would be a slap in the face for her. Because he actually, he was a captain of Dortmund. He played for that club ever since he's a youngster. But now he has the call of the money and trying to cross the country and go to Munich. Oh, money. That's what it does to you. Money, 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 money. <laughs> so my prediction, it is going to be 3-1 Munich. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, we have a great game. We might have a 1-1, and then it goes to extra time, but more to overtime, and then Munich scores twice. It won't go to penalty. So 3-1 and overtime is my prediction for Munich. And I hope I'm wrong, because actually I would love to see Dortmund pull that off. But it is not to be this year. <laughs> There's other big games in the MLS on Saturday and Sunday this week. Like, the best games, Sporting Kansas City hosts Houston, which is going to be very interesting. They're getting to have a big rivalry. And now it's going to be interesting to see how Houston reacts because Kansas City, they're the one 
that ended the streak at the BBVA? Will they try to make revenge and beat them at the cauldron? At Livestrong. What did I say? At Livestrong? No, not the Livestrong Sporting Park anymore. It is just Sporting Park. So we will see what happens at the Sporting Park tomorrow. Actually, Sunday, that game. Tomorrow, D.C. against Portland. You know what's going to happen. Portland, with their Porter ball, are going to be D.C. again. D.C. United. You know what I'm going to say. They haven't united all season, and it's not going to start tomorrow. <laughs> New England Revolution against Toronto FC. And if you looked at the Toronto FC injured list right now, it's almost worse than the Canadian Montreal Canadiens injury list in the playoff, if you know what I mean. So for once, I'll give... I'm not going to talk bad about them this weekend. I'll give him a... You don't kick a guy when he's down. I said that earlier, before in an in earlier episode. Don't kick him. They're in trouble. Everybody's injured. You know what? They might even try. They might even pull off the victory in New England, giving that everybody's injured. They gotta have to fight hard. That's when a team produces result. So you know what? I'm predicting. Yes, I am. Cross your calendars. Circle the date. Put a star in your agenda. Because today I'm predicting that tomorrow, Toronto FC is going to beat New England in New England. Just because nobody's going to put money on that. So of course it's going to happen. Everybody's injured. Toronto's going to win. FC Dallas, San Jose Earthquakes. Will Dallas beat the Quakes in Dallas at the FC Dallas Stadium? We'll see. But I believe the Quakes are going to put it off. But they are traveling a lot. Dallas, and then with the U.S. Open Cup next week, and another travel in the next weekend, they're going to cross the country three times. So we'll see what the Quakes, and it's probably not going to be the A-team of the Quakes. They're going to try to rest people ahead of the U.S. Open Cup on next week. We'll see, but I believe Dallas are probably going to pull off the victory. South Lake and Chicago, will it be the Real or the Firecrackers? Mm-hmm, good question. It's a good game tomorrow night at 9. So right after the game of the Saputo, open your TV. South Lake and Chicago would be very interesting. It's going to be more interesting than Colorado and Chivas USA between you and me. Uh, the GOATs. They were so fun to watch at the beginning of the season. They were so entertaining with El Chalice. But then, I don't know. It's kind of lost to... Was it the flavor of the month? It was the flavor of the week, at least. Too bad. On Sunday, May 26th. That's a good date, but you know what date is even better than May 26th? The day just after. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sporting Kansas City and Houston. Sunday at 3.30 Eastern Time. Like I said, Kansas City at home. Will Houston try to, will Houston try to avenge their defeat at the BBVA? Or will Kansas City come back to their winning ways just a week before all their star players leave for international duties? So if you have them in your fantasy... Try to already think about what you're going to do next week. Kazusi and everybody, basically. I think there's six players from Kansas City who are leaving on international duty. So watch for that. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I still have it on my fantasy for this week. i got 12 hours left. I have no clue what to do. I have so much ground to catch up. Damn George Chidobi. Damn you. 
damn, what a week you had. Of course, you put Landon Donovan as your captain and have 38 points in a week. Jesus. Yeah, I'm proud of you. You kicked me really hard in the fantasy. New York and Columbus on Sunday as well. New York. Should we say New York yet? Or should we just change it forever to New Jersey? They're just Jersey. That's where they fit, right? I see them. They're from Jersey. The Jersey Red Toros against the Columbus crew. Yeah, New York's going to win, but we'll see. Against Columbus, it's going to be It's in New York. Galaxy and Seattle. That's my game of the week. That's the game to watch for. Seattle has been actually a really hot team in the MLS right now. They climb so much in the power rankings. They're in top four now in almost every power rankings out there. ESPN, Goal.com, Sportsnet, MLSsoccer.com. They're getting very better. And Seattle are on a little bit of a hot streak. They've been undefeated as of late. And we'll see if they can actually... Because Galaxy has been the other way around. Lost three of the last four. Even though they played well and it was goals galore for Donovan and everybody. Assist galore, should I say. But yeah, so Galaxy against Seattle in the in LA. And LA is going to have to rest a couple of players as well. Because they're going to have to travel for the US Open Cup. Because it starts on Tuesday for the third round where the MLS team make it in the tournament. That'll be interesting. So don't forget, tomorrow, 245 Champions League. If you're a gambler, put money on Borussia Dortmund. It'll be worth it. It'll be better odds. But if you're more logical, put your money on Munich. I'll put money on Dortmund. Never mind logic. I know my prediction is 3-1 Munich. But I'll put money on Dortmund. Because that's how I roll. And then, don't forget Adesaputo, if you don't have your ticket, if you listen to this show, and you're a fan, you're a supporter, you call yourself a supporter, and you don't have a ticket, turn off your TV, go to the stadium, we need you, we don't care it's going to be like 10 degrees Celsius and rainy tomorrow, that's when we thrive as a group, as supporters, that's when you see who has grit. Who has what it takes? Who's willing to pay the price? Who wants to pay the price? If you want to pay the price, you'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> little shout out to Richard Martel, if you know what I mean. On paye le prix, on est au Saputo samedi. Je paye le prix au Saputo samedi, c'est bon? Get it? <laughs> So thanks for listening to Out of the Woodworks again. Thanks for Earl Reed again to be a very nice guest. Talk about the Philadelphia Union and the New York City FC a little bit. Told you we're going to talk about that. Damn. Orlando should have been you. I still support you, Orlando. Told you on Twitter. I support you, Orlando. Supporters first. <laughs> Don't forget to watch football on Saturday and Sunday. And I'm Kevin Laramé. You can get this Fabulous podcast on iTunes at Off the Woodworks with an X on Twitter. Go like my page on Facebook, Off the Woodworks with an X again, or email me with any questions, answers, 
And whatever you want to say to me, if you want to say hi, if you want to go ahead, grab a coffee with me, just email me at hotmail.com and you, you just realize that there's no better the week this week. There's no better the week this week. Nope. You know why? Because the bankroll is broke and our luck is very bad. So we're taking a week off, trying to look at the possibilities from next week and try to build back our confidence. Because we're just like Andrew Winger in the bed of the week. We try hard, but we're still very fragile. And on that note, have a great soccer.